Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy, Nate Weitzer, on the East Coast. Do make sure you're liked and subscribed to that page. We are going to be coming at you guys all season long during these weekdays, bringing you these game lines. Also have our fan favorite player prop video as well. That'll be bringing you four or five. We'll see how many player props we feel like picking at least four, even in these two game matchups for you. Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where all of our great written content and the like is coming at you guys all fall along into the, the winter uh, of this regular season as well also have our great odds finder tool on there that's where you can go ahead and shop all the lines to the best of your ability using those that to uh, find on those u.s sports books also works very well for those player props nate and i definitely use that as we are choosing our player props each and every weekday uh so nate we are going to kick things off with that east coast game one philly at boston we've got the sixers plus two and a half that they are plus 114 on the money line and the total in this game sits at 216. So I know you and I have a sort of strict no bet on the totals for a little bit into the season uh, because things can be pretty wonky at the top of it. Uh, so where do you start with this game for value? Yeah, the Sixers are the value here in, in what's a toss up game. I mean, in general, guys, we got to we got to sl- take it slowly with the opening of the season. But there are some things to exploit in terms of one team being overvalued based on how they finished and and what we saw last, which in both these games, we have a case of teams that were in the NBA finals and another team in the, in the Sixers that just kind of floundered out of the playoffs per usual with James Harden. But I lean towards, you know, a team that, that finished weaker than, than the other team. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to take a team that's, could rust on their laurels in any way. And obviously we know there are some issues with Boston that beyond the motivation factor here in terms of absolutely new coach in his first game, uh, Robert Williams out indefinitely. That made a huge difference for them last season. They went 33 and 10 down the stretch, mostly due to Rob Williams being ridiculously efficient on both ends. They were 40 and 21 with him and 11 and 10 without Rob last year. Defensive rating about three points worse per 100 possessions. And it couldn't be more important in this matchup against Joel Embiid. I mean, Al Horford has done a pretty good job on Embiid. Uh, those guys are teammates for a minute, and he is a really solid low post defender. But I still would be very wary about how Embiid is going to tip the floor in this matchup, how a rookie coach is going to set up the scheme to try and defend him. And just the Sixers overall depth is what we talked about in the futures video with them is they look really good right now on paper um, that they don't even necessarily need James Harden to have a resurgence. But he's also gunning for his for his old glory uh, to try to reclaim his name in some ways here. And reports are that he looks like he's much more fit. Uh, We could see closer to what we saw with the first five games of James Harden. Last year, after he got in there after the All-Star break and the Sixers offense was flowing. Uh, so I think, you know, I, as as we said, no totals here. But I, I kind of like that Sixers offense to make the Celtics defense not look as good as it did down the stretch. Uh, because, again, Rob Williams, the actual defensive player of the year, not Marcus Smart, is out. And uh, the Celtics have some moving pieces here to figure out in terms of how they're going to work Brogdon into the rotation and and everything that goes along with that. So I'll, I'll take the Sixers um, at those odds. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, I can't agree more with everything you're saying, to be honest. 
Uh, thank you for throwing in the bit about Robert Williams III actually being the defensive player of the year to kick things off uh, and just, you know, get get over that Boston bias. You obviously are pretty objective here, so so well done. I will say you spent a lot of time talking about how good the 76ers are, and I think that is really what I care about more than anything. I think game theory for this really, uh, we're talking about uh, somewhat of a hangover. It, it happens in, in every sport, right, when you lose the championship. Uh, the next year, often it can be tough. We see more in the NFL than anything, but in the NBA, I think it's, it's prevalent as well. Well, um, they will really wish that they were celebrating a, uh, a ring ceremony tonight uh, and they'll be watching the, the dubs do that right after their game ends. So I think that's a bit of a letdown as well. Everything else that goes into, you know, the Udoka not coaching thing. Sure, it's, it's not exactly like it happened yesterday, uh, but it did happen, in, you know, with a month left before the, the regular season starts. Uh, and that changes a lot, right? It changes a, a lot of things that, that I'm sure uh, how that locker room looks. Um, I love the, obviously, addition of Malcolm Brogdon. I do think that figuring out how to get him involved in this uh, in, in here is going to be key. Uh, Derek White and, and he, um, it's, they do some similar things. Obviously, he's a much better playmaker. Um, but once that ball gets swinging around, with all the players on there um we were joking in our fantasy football or excuse me fantasy basketball chat that we had earlier when it was going on like is there are there enough balls to go around for Mar- for malcolm brogdon to even see the rock uh on the celtics team so there's a lot to figure out there um and yeah everything that you said about philly man just the it's the combination of of two huge stars the expectation that tyrese maxi makes another leap uh and the fact that they also have pj tucker now in that depth right so everything that to, to say about philly there's no reason to think that they won't come out strong if if you look at their schedule as well they have uh the seas and then they go to you know they're, they're taking on milwaukee after that uh yeah at, at home for that one um but i think this is the one that they come out roaring and that they really really come out uh and it's been circled on their calendar it's the division rival much you know a little bit less a little bit more important to them than that uh, milwaukee rivalry if you will which doesn't really exist it's just a great matchup um so i think they're going to bring it for this boston matchup i think the things to look at too are, are going to be the performance of guys like james harden i think there's um something to be said for his ability to to continue to show that he's going to be getting assists in this game. Um, we'll see how they come out. I just think it's a big statement game for them. And the results are going to be, uh, you know, Philly being able to, to, to at least cover two and a half. I think I like them on the money line in this one. Uh, and for Embiid and Harden to really come out and make a statement about what they're expected to do this. Yeah. Season. You mentioned PJ Tucker and I just looked up real quick. Tatum's career against the physical power forward, 16 points per game, 37, 22, 74 splits. Yikes. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's exactly the type of physical guy who can get hands on Tatum and and just get him kind of frazzled in the past. We've seen uh, and then he starts yeah. putting his hands yeah. up at the officials every single time down. And then there's no Doka there to get exactly. him calm down and back on track. And as as high as they are on Joe Missoula, I think it's going to take some time for the Celtics to to adjust to him. Look, the Celtics. They thrived off points off turnovers last year. Philly, fifth fewest turnovers per game. Philly, a parade to the free throw line. And while the Celtics didn't foul many teams, uh, they they gave up 28 free throw attempts per game against these Sixers. The season split was kind of weird. I mean, first you had this 88-87 slop fest, which makes me lean towards under, if anything, when you look at these teams um and then the last meeting was right after the Sixers got Harden and then they just kind of coasted into the all-star break on cruise control and lost by about 50 but the other two games uh one without Rob Williams where Embiid went for 41 10 and 5 uh were your standard you know high intensity Eastern Conference contenders and the Sixers brought it on the road consistently last year after struggling away from home for a while I think they're going to be very focused and be leading the way you talk about the money line. I mean, 
I would take that. I would take probably an adjusted spread that has the Sixers favored if that gets you close to plus 180. Um, And then there's the FanDuel player performance doubles that we always like to talk about. Embiid double-double is plus 190 in the win. It's minus 250 and not the win. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about almost a guarantee. We're basically talking about the money line in a different variety here, especially if the Celtics – you know, continue to throw up misses at the rate that they did last year and in this matchup. So, yeah. And and I think to your points, like slot fest is what we expect here. Um, and if, if that's the case, then you really got to like a team who has Joel Embiid and PJ Tucker on it um, before you start liking a team who, you know, look, they've got some, some hustlers, they've got some grinders. Um, and I, I think to your point, the thing that, that really hits home is, is Tatum being locked up, getting frustrated by a guy like PJ Tucker. Yes. PJ Tucker is a good defender, very smart defender, much more than he is athletic defender, but that's what he relies on is just as much the mental game of breaking down his opponent, getting them pissed off that he's grabbing them, uh, you know, and doing little things like that, uh, throughout the game. So yeah, when it, when it comes out to a slot fest, um, or at least something that's going to take a little bit more mental fortitude. I think, like I said, you like that. That plays right into what uh, the Sixers are, are ready to do this season, which is play some bad boy ball and then just have some hoopers, you know, uh, like, like the, on the wings, um, like like they will have all over the place, including that addition of, of D'Anthony Melton that uh, a lot of us really, really like. So, yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to bet this around and be dominating a Robert Williams list team, uh, as well as, you know, the, the likelihood that uh, Philly's able to cover. And I do like the, the opportunity for an adjusted spread there at like plus three, like you said, gets you close to double your money there. Uh, at plus uh, 200 or so. This one is the second game of the opening doubleheader here. We've got the Lakers taking on the dubs at home, the champs. Lakers are plus six, plus 205 on the money line there for them. I don't think we're really interested in a Golden State money line. Uh, And a total of 225 and a half, which... Uh, as our friend Mo likes to say, that seems pretty fair. Uh, that's what I have it at as well. So I don't know that we want to start touching totals here. Um, but I think we both feel pretty good about the Lakers covering six points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same logic used for the other game is that you don't want to come into the season with recency bias saying like, oh, the defending champs versus a team that was pretty, I mean, horribly disappointing last year and and try to say that, oh, ipso facto, the Warriors are better and they're going to win this game. I mean, there's way too many moving parts in this to feel super confident about a big bet. Let's be real. I mean, it's the opening night of the season. The Lakers have a new coach. They have a completely new identity, even though there's not that much new personnel. Uh, But the new coach is going to be putting guys in different positions and we're going to have to see how that shakes out. And then the Warriors had that ridiculous infighting situation where that could go to one of two ways. I mean, that's a classic Draymond Green snafu, right? Where it's either they're going to rally around that and he's going to come out and, and just, you know, shut down Anthony Davis and and do his thing, or they're going to be a little out of sorts and a little bit of a championship hangover. So about a la kicking LeBron in the nuts and that not quite working out in the finals. Yes, we could see some of that as well, but I mean, that's why we set the odds where they are. I think the total is fair, sure, but I think plus 205 for the Lakers to steal this one on on ring night uh, when you have, you know, two of the best 15 players in the NBA still. uh, There was a time where we'd say two of the best five. That was probably three years ago. But they are. I mean, it's the question is about their durability and their longevity over the course of a season, but not if you have take a guy to win one game and you give me LeBron, I will take him over Steph Curry still. Uh, and LeBron came <laughs> to play. I'm thinking. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're starting the team, 
Yeah, I, I still think, yeah, LeBron, who, you know, we talk about narratives, the bounce back narrative, and even Russ Westbrook is capable of bouncing back from from all the barbs he's taken and now expected to lead that second unit. No Dennis Schroeder to, to interfere with his minutes. It's going to be a second unit with Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn for the most part. I mean, maybe Westy starts and then they kind of stagger those minutes and let him get the ball in his hands and get free flowing. But that is apparently what Darvin Ham has really worked on in order to try to get him effective. Because, I mean, he's effective in in that circumstance. He's just not able to play off the ball and able to play off those other two guys. But So what's the scenario in which the Lakers cover here? I mean, I, I think that's actually pretty likely. I think the Warriors, unless they have one of their patent avalanches, are not going to cover that six. The scenario in which they win is a big line from LeBron, and you're getting really good odds. Um, plus eleven hundred for the triple double at FanDuel, but plus eleven hundred for him to go thirty eight and eight at DK, which is pretty close to what he's averaging for a while. I mean, the assists dip because the Lakers were so awful around him, um, but against these these Warriors. He averaged 38.7, 12 rebounds, and yeah, 5.3 assists because nobody was scoring around him. But he really stepped his game up, and he he closed the previous season, in fact, with a triple-double against the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins getting all those kudos for guarding Tatum in the finals, and if if he thinks that it's going to go the same way against LeBron uh, fresh off of the offseason and his, his workouts. Yeah. Not, I don't think he's, he's stopping LeBron. Draymond will be focusing on Anthony Davis. So I'm looking for a big LeBron game to at least keep the Lakers close. If not pull out the win. Yeah. My only fear with the LeBron bet is, is the total, but I guess, you know, and look, I love AD and LeBron together. Who doesn't? Uh, we just don't like what happens when you throw Russ into the mix and, and spice it up. And we don't like what happens when you don't have wing defense uh, and, and and spice it up that way by dropping, you know, I'll still be talking about it forever. Kuzma, KCP, and Caruso. Uh, three incredible, very helpful wing D, three and D guys. Uh, and in Caruso, a, a guy spearheading your defense. So I just don't think they have that. And I don't think that they really, you know, supplanted what they lost two years ago. So I, I just, I, I feel like there's too many issues for them um, in areas that are just outside of having two very, very good um, versatile players who can play with the ball in their hands or not have it in their hands in, you know, one of the two best players of all time. And then AD, whatever he is to you. Um, So I, I really think that, you know, it's a plus that uh, Schroeder's not in. I think Juan Toscano Anderson was a wonderful pickup for this team. Um, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe not quite three and D, but you basically have a wonderful defender and a rim runner at this point who can occasionally make a corner three. So I think that's a, an, that's exactly what they need, and that's what they need more of. And that would be my fear, uh, feeling good about them outside of this one game sample. Um, all of that said, I don't really love the idea of this being any kind of like barn burner to use a, a an NFL phrase there. Um, so, you know, even at, at 225 and a half, uh, I, I, once again, not touching it, but it does make me worry about guys filling up their stats. Uh, LeBron, I would prefer the 38 and eight over the, the uh, at plus 1100 on DK over the triple double at the same one. It just scares me with the couple two. I think eight sounds about right. That's about what he was at when he and AD were winning the championship. If you'll remember, once again, he had a lot of three point shooting on his team. That helped a ton. So that's just, once again, a little bit of what you worry about with the assists. But this is a game that they've, once again, they've got circled. I think that, that the motivation is higher for them to um, 
really just ruined the Warriors' night before I would say the Warriors have the the, the sort of, um, you know, chutzpah, if you will, to to really defend their ring night. I don't know that they feel that much about it. Their other, you know, uh, their last three uh, first games after winning a ring, they beat the Pellies in 15 after their first chip. Uh, that was still a very, very uh, bad Pellies team with with uh, Anthony Davis on it. Good for like 8th, ninth, or 10th in the West. Then they lost to Houston the next year, uh, and then they beat a bad OKC team the year after. Not really covering uh, in, in the last two games either. So, like, I don't know that it, it really means much. I don't know that the offense is, you know, it's going to be shooting uh, as crazy as you think it will be. Uh, obviously, Clay was also hurt that season, so that's a bit of a difference. But I think there's a bit of a, a downturn expected for Clay as well, which is, is something that people are really honing in on. And I think the, the, the you know, the same way the, the Celtics were a team that we were happy to fade in game one with all the issues they've had leading into this, you know, game one during the preseason. Obviously, just as much, if not maybe more. I mean, they still have their head coach in the dubs, but like, you know, one of their best players of all time in their franchise just like clocked their, their dude. They just paid four million dollars, $140 million, $140 million for four years in Jordan Poole. Um, so there's got to be some infighting. That's why I'm actually leaning towards Steph, which I think we'll be talking about in our player props as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Steph, there's nobody that's really going to slow him down necessarily. Pat Beverly hasn't done a great job with that in his career. Um, so, I mean, there is a reason these teams went over in all four of their meetings last year because the True. Lakers, like you said, don't really play good perimeter defense. The Warriors are susceptible on the, on the interior. I think this is what I'm talking about with recency bias, though. Like, the Warriors were not necessarily a good team for most of the regular season last year. I mean, when Draymond was out... They were, in fact, below average. Uh, they had a long stretch of not covering or winning uh, against Western Conference foes. And, the, yeah, Draymond is is a big question mark, um, not only because of what he did off the court, but just, like, his offseason training regimen. Like, I don't trust that compared to LeBron. I mean, he's just a total gamer who will step up when the chips are down at some point later in the season. But I don't trust Draymond to come in, into this season in, in mid shape here. Um and the Lakers, they do have a little bit more defense in, in Thomas Bryant. If he's yeah, another guy who has extreme injury history, but is starting day one healthy, uh, they do have a little more shooting. Lonnie Walker on the team. That's uh, finally Kendrick Nunn going to get active. So I I do kind of see some points happening here. Two twenty five is a little high for me to for me to feel good about a bet, but that yeah. is part of what makes me feel confident that the Lakers aren't going to get blown out here is that I think their second unit is going to be much stronger this year. I think Darvin Ham's going to do a better job of setting that up. And with Westbrook thriving in that role, you know, hopefully they, they emerge from being a laughing stock and, and get closer to that, that win total, which is up at 45 wins. Now, you know, people are expecting them to bounce back. Yeah, we'll see. And and I, it's all just going to depend on those two stars. It's going to depend on how Russ really integrates. And and like we keep saying, look, I, I think there's some fun ways to bet on the NBA early. Um, but there's just there's a lot that, that we want to see uh, before we start feeling really, really, really good about it. Um, and it just be, especially with, you know, this game specifically, I think there's enough that's different from last year. I, like we were saying, I don't know that you can really rely on much of what you saw uh, last year from the Lakers to, to use in this game at all. I think what we're using here is, is the history of a motivated LeBron James, who's got to be tired of, of hearing the Steph talk at this point once again, uh, the way that he won the title in 15-16 for, for his Cavs. So um, there's some there's 
there's some opportunity here. I still don't love the, the, the construct of this Lakers, uh, you know, entire rotation. Um, but look, we'll see what, what the status and health is of its two stars. Even one year older for LeBron, you know, what's he going to look like? One year smarter, you could say. But um, we'll see. Either way, it's going to be a lot of fun in these two opening games, Nate. So I'm glad that we've got them since we've only got two. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. We are taking a look at NBA player props, our favorite video, if we're being honest. No offense to our other videos. We just love the NBA player props and have a ton of fun with it. So we're going to look to continue our hot streak that we had most of last season and definitely finish strong as well, including those playoffs. Do make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We're going to bring you these player props videos each and every weekday of this NBA regular season. Also, I want you to use that odds finder tool that Nate and I both use to look for our player props so you're able to shop those lines to the best of your ability across U.S. sportsbooks. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into game, uh, night one here. We've got two games to choose from, but I still think that uh, we've got plenty of player props that we feel at least good about uh, to kick things off this year. So why don't you kick us off with your first one? Who else but Joel Embiid? Probably Easy. the co-MVP to our player props last year. Uh, next Fair. to DeMar DeRozan, of course, the real MVP. Shout but Embiid, 30-plus points, I think, at 15 of 16 games at one point was just carrying this team. I mean, they do have James Harden now, but he's not going to be forcing things. And we do expect a a bounce back season from Harden and expect Tyrese Maxey to continue to improve incrementally. But this is not a good matchup for either of those guys. I mean, going against Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart and the likes, I don't expect them to be thriving off penetration. And that's why the Sixers have leaned on Embiid basically every time they face the Celtics in recent memory in his career, averaging 26 and 12. 34% 34% usage rate uh, in his last six, particularly against Al Horford, has been held below this prop, which is 26.5 points on DK. It's 27.5 on FanDuel, so you are looking at some value there if you can shop it around a little bit. Um, but yeah, Al's held in the 25 points per game, still 15 rebounds per game. And we talked about the slow offensive start you can expect here in this Eastern Conference slobber knocker, if you will. So if you combine the points and rebounds, and I think it's 37 and a half there, I think I think he's a pretty good lock for about 40 of those combined. But look, I mean, without Robert Williams, the Celtics are not going to be able to contain him completely. The one time he faced them without Big Rob last year, he went for 41, 10, and 5. That double-double seems like easy money right now. I mean, that's why it's minus 250. But if you take double-double and a win, FN to a plus 190, uh, probably our favorite bet or favorite angle here for that game uh, since we kind of like the Sixers already. And if you're getting them at 2-1 to one on your money with Embiid just to get that double-double, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ride with that all day. Yeah, I'll, I'll ride with that. I mean, I know we have to like – 
put content out. So you have to talk about why you took Embiid, but really you could have just said like Rob Will's not playing and Embiid's going against the Celtics. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, all right, sounds good. Let's go ahead and take advantage of that. Uh, to your point, I think the 40 points and rebounds combined is like, uh, we love that. We just love Embiid in this game, right? Like, like we said, like if we just want to find a place, a spot for value, it's this man to come out and dominate, start his MVP campaign uh, that I actually personally sprinkled some juice upon uh, not too long ago before we started recording this uh, at plus five. 50 uh there so i feel pretty good about him you know kicking things off well on the national stage for sure um i also feel really good about this guy here Derek white going under in his props and honestly uh you know this is one that i know you you're already talking about um to me pre-show and i imagine in in your article as well um because it's it's a guy who you know he, he flourished in the playoffs last year um he was huge for them he came up and looked really really good but he also just played above his pay grade um you combine that with the fact that brogdon's here uh and maybe brogdon isn't expected to start but i would be willing to bet that malcolm brogdon will be on the end of the floor and in almost all five-man lineups to end the game uh when when he's uh available uh, and healthy so you know i think the projections here for white are very telling uh, as you spoke you, you kind of have here in the in the show notes 19 and a half minutes is his expected time nine and a half points or so his expected output um if you look at what he did uh versus the 76ers when he played them on the six on the celtics last year in february 11 points one board and two assists in over 28 minutes so i just there's just no way he's getting close to 30 minutes in this game with with the with the guard rotation that they have now uh so 16 and a half points rebounds and assists you know he's just not going to get the time to put that up unless he just goes you know pretty ballistic from three and that's something that i'm really looking for him to regress from it was his hot shooting uh in the playoffs that is just not really who i don't think he's going to be capable of continuously yeah i don't think this is the matchup for the celtics to go three guard heavy which is what they're going to need for what white's going to need to really log 25 plus minutes if Brogdon yeah. and Marcus Smart are out there, uh, I mean, the Sixers have size on the wing. Even Harden and even when Harden and Maxi are out there, uh, I mean, you're not going to want Derek White on Harden if you can help it. Yeah. I don't know if he played above his pay grade in the playoffs down the stretch, but he was very, very streaky, very boom bust because of that three-point shot, which reportedly is a little bit more consistent this year. We're going to have to see it in actual game scenarios against the Sixers team that guards three-point line very well. I mean, yeah, just the usage isn't there and the potential for peripheral stats isn't great either. Um, he's about four and four per 36 minutes, uh, rebounds and assists. And if he's projected for about half of that, then yeah, you're, you're saying he's got to get 12, 13 points in his limited time. And uh, yeah, that's why I think we like the under there. Yeah. Looking at another top play here that we mentioned in the game video, it's it's LeBron um, to come out in the opener and do what he does. Uh, the last last year in this opener against the Warriors, 34-11-5 on we know what's kind of a light usage rate for him, 32%. He went 13 for 23 from the field. The Warriors have nobody that's going to be able to stop him if Draymond's spending most of his time on Anthony Davis, even better. In three versus the Warriors last year, he averaged nearly 39 points per game. You know, full stop. We're talking 33 and a half with the assists, too, from one of the greatest passers of all time. So, I mean, I think you can expect him to get 30 points in this opener and then, you know, a couple assists on top of that. The Lakers supporting cast going to be a little better here. The Warriors do play with pace at home, which will help him get out in the open floor, get those dimes there. 
But yeah, 38% usage rate when he played the Warriors. Really what we're looking at is just the King stepping up to defend his legacy in, in these types of big games. What he had, he had like a 50-plus point game against the Warriors. And one of those to juke these averages when he plays yep. the defending champs and they're getting their rings and he gets to watch that pregame, I want some stock in LeBron uh, to go out there <laughs> and make his own kind of statement. Uh, and I can't believe how low this prop is for his points and assists. Yep. And, and, and that's essentially what we're basing the, the, you know, take the, the Lakers with the, with the points uh, in game one uh, assessment, right? It's really the King coming out uh, and just really wanted to spoil everything. I don't know about AD's level of, of motivation to do so, but I just know he's a very good player if he's healthy and on the floor uh, and, and hitting shots, man. He needs to hit shots, and that'll obviously be huge for this uh, points and assist bet for uh, LeBron as well. But he should be getting some more weapons than he had last season for sure, so you got to feel a little bit better about that. And they do have a bit more of an interior presence um, at this point with the addition of, of Bryant as well. So that leads you to you know stay a little bit further away from the rebounds maybe uh, than the assists as he's expected to be have the ball in his hand for a ton of time uh, uh, this season for sure so um let's finish things off with a prop that I, I just think is way too low it's steph curry at 22 and a half points and you you look at the the situation uh with, with the the dubs going into this game spoke about just the inner turmoil if you will a little bit i mean the reason that they've been good for so long uh, the lineup the, the bob myers the steve kerr it's all great like their superstar is, is is not a normal superstar. He's a guy that just wants to win uh, and is very even keeled and even tempered. So I think that, you know, if he's going to be, uh, you know, in there uh, and, and everybody else is sort of, you know, going, all right, we need this team to come together, uh, find some camaraderie. Nothing helps like winning. Steph knows that. Right. And he knows when he's needed to score. I think he knows that he's needed to score in this game uh, to kind of come out and show everybody like, yo, you guys can talk about all the off court stuff you want uh, during practice. But like when push comes to shove, I'm still you know, a top 10, top 15 player of all time, top 15, just so no one gets mad at me, top 15 player of all time at this point with my four rings uh, and my probably what 350 to 400 threes that I'm going to make this season. So I'll just kick things off here uh, by doing that against a team that in his last five versus the Lakers, 28 points a game, six assists, five boards, 35 minutes a game. He's for sure getting 35 minutes a game. He's for sure getting more than 22 and a half points if he does that. Um, and, you know, 41 and a half percent from three against a team that just doesn't have perimeter defense anymore uh, to, to the same degree that they did when they won a championship. Uh, when you look at Russ, Pat Bev, who's been cooked by Steph over his last five versus him with this, basically the same numbers he's put against the Lakers is what he's put up against Pat Bev the last five times that he's been you know responsible for guarding Steph. Um, so yeah, also, by the way, 30 for 31 from the free throw line in his last five versus the Lakers is Steph. So I love if he's going to get to the line six times for him to be able to get 22 points or you know 16 or 17 more than that, right? Yeah, and um, apparently just four and a half threes is the number at FanDuel, and that actually swings from minus 115 to plus 110. So I will just take that. Looking, though, the, yeah, the Lakers have held him to four or less now in, in each of those last four meetings. It's really been since 2017 that he hit five threes against these Lakers. So understand the, the juice there, but – I think that's where he's going to be doing his damage as he often does. Um, and all the things you mentioned in terms of him just kind of putting those narratives uh, to bed with, with, a, with an excellent performance here on ring night. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I want the, the juice though with the threes and not just depending on him to yeah. score. 
get it, man. It's TNT, you know, I believe, in, and it's, it's the stars out, right, on, on these big games. So I think everybody knows that when they play on TNT and such, they're uh, basically campaigning for their awards and, and things of that nature in the public uh, eye. So expect these uh, these stars to come out big, uh, which is why the only guy we took an under on is Derek White, and the other three are, are superstars and Hall of Famers in, in Embiid, over for LeBron and over for Steph. So that is all the time we have in our first uh, NBA player props video for this 22-23 season. Continue to follow along with us. Make sure to like and subscribe. We'll be coming at you guys with these every single weekday. Uh, so until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs> <laughs>